Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Today, my guest is Chris Minchin, Director of Winchester's. Morning, Chris. Morning, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, yourself. Yeah, doing fine. Great. Well, now, Winchester's is a family-run business established in 1985. Can you tell us about the early days, you know, who started the business and why? So Winchester's started out its days in uh, 1985 um, as a law firm uh, by Doug Winchester. Um, about five years ago, Doug retired and sold the law side of the firm to a local law firm. Uh, but they didn't want the uh, leasing side. His son, Gareth, who is my business partner, uh, took up this, uh, uh, this opportunity to, to take the, the leasing portfolio and uh, run forward with it. Um, as I said, Doug stepping back was, was great for him to go and kind of join his, his retirement. Gareth could keep on the, the family business and the family business name and... Uh, Around about five years ago, we merged um, myself with my portfolio and Gareth with his and continued under the name of Winchester's. Okay. So when did you start property yourself and, and what were you doing before? So at a very early age, uh, my parents owned a guest house in Northumberland. And this was a it's kind of a large eight-bedroom uh, sandstone-built house that was forever requiring renovation. Um, from rewiring where me as a small child was told to go and run up a, a run up a small kind of alleyway within the house and and, and pull wires behind me um, and you know I'd, I'd watch my dad do everything um, you know the, the big jobs the small jobs and, and everything in between um, so I got into property and maintenance side really um, very very young um, my parents also had a rental property in Newcastle with some of the nicest tenants that a landlord could ever ask for. Their, their family owned date farms and every every year we'd get a, a copious amount of dates being given to us as, as, a, as a present. Um, so that was kind of instilled in me at a kind of, a kind of young age that property is something to, to do, maybe not necessarily as a full-time job, but it's always good to have on the side. So when I came up to university, I, I moved into a student property and um, with with a bunch of friends and it was terrible <laughs> like, like the landlord um the landlord worked away a lot um right. so he'd once every three months to pick up the rent and um, but in between that there was no kind of structure for reporting problems you were just kind of like left to to do it yourself um, so I took it upon myself to get these things fixed. I was on the phone to my dad. I was like, right, I need this done. I need this done. Who do I call for this? What's this? What's a right price for this? When the landlord came for his rent, um, instead of giving him the whole rent, I gave him a big pile of receipts, told him I'd kept £100 for myself for the troubles. And uh, instead of being angry, he, um, he offered me a job, um, which included free rent, a van, all the tools that a that a you know an 18, 19 year old kid could dream of. Who Excellent. like uh, I, yeah, it's a very strange one. And and I, I worked throughout the whole of university uh, for this landlord on his his portfolio. Um, so that 
that really put me in from the maintenance side of, of the rentals. He had 15 properties to begin with. And by the time I left university, he had 30. Um, and by the time I left university, all my friends from my university course or my wider friends were all living in properties that I was managing. Um, through that time, I got asked to um, go and put contracts into place, uh, advise him on where people were wanting properties so he could then go and buy in that area. Sometimes I was going and viewing properties, putting offers in on his behalf. And then before he'd even come home from his trips abroad, the property would be fully tenanted. It was up to me to get the HMO licenses and everything like that. So, yep, that's that really is how I led in. Um, when I left university, I went and got a real job um, working in hospitality, um, Tiger Tiger nightclubs and uh, Frankie and Benny's restaurants. That lasted two years before that landlord called me back and said, you know, I need help again. What's mm -hmm. it going to take? Um, and at that time, I decided I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this as a, um, as a company. Set up a letting agency uh, under the name of CDM Lettings. And, you know, the, the rest is, is history. That landlord is still, um, you know, how many years now? 11, 12 years down the line. He's still um, a landlord. Perfect. Well, can't get better experience than that for setting up your own um, agency. But CDM Lessons in Winchester recently merged. So tell us about this acquisition and the reasons behind the decision. So uh, around about five years ago, Aberdeen was hit very hard with the oil crash. Um, you were talking about West End properties that were easy to get rid of within a few hours, never even having to advertise at thousands so three thousand five hundred pound a month for nothing special um and within six month period you were struggling to let those properties at 1500 pound um so you can imagine the the toll that takes on a business that is working on a percentage um a commission basis um so at that time i had five members of staff and we saw 40 percent wipe off our turnover within six months which is is huge um, and, and, you know, very, very challenging at that time. Um, so that was CDM Lettings. Gareth had Winchesters and was, was running that book um, and, and really just getting into the market and finding his feet. And he, we knew each other from working in the bars together. And, uh, and, and it was, we were talking about other business opportunities together. So eventually he was complaining that he needed staff, but the prices have come down. I was complaining that I didn't have enough work for my staff and, and the, the light bulb just clicked. It was pretty obvious. Let's put the two together. Let's help each other out. I was just about to have children. Uh, he was needing time away, but couldn't because he was the only person within his business. So we ended up with this perfect kind of position where we could, we were both invested in the, in the prosperity and the running of the business. So it was, it was easy to leave and get some time off. Um, so yeah, that was five years ago and um, we've had five years of constant growth since, which is, which has been brilliant. We've Great, diversified a lot as well. So it, uh, it was, it was born out of necessity, but was, um, was, was a really good move for, for both of us, I believe. Great. So what would you say is the ethos of the company? 
Oh, so um, I suppose there's three. There's two real ones and one tongue-in-cheek one. Um, firstly, relating to the tenants. So we, we drum in to our staff and, and our team from day one that you're dealing with people's homes. Yes, they, they don't own this property, but it is their home. It's where they go to relax, to unwind, to get over the stress of daily life. And, and you should treat it like that. Um, if someone's ringing you with an issue, deal with it. Because, because you know, if that's hanging over their head for a long time, it, it's only going to impact on them and, and, and not be good. And, and, if, and if, everything, if there's issues at home, that's just going to impact on someone's life going through. So that's, that's really the first one. The second one is understanding understanding a landlord's position when owning property and and a lot of people get get caught up in the in the romantic kind of side of you know owning property and the buzz and everything like that but when it comes to it you've got a very big asset it's nearly always the second biggest asset that a landlord owns and if there are issues which is which is what we deal with and what our job is to kind of kind of kind of understand and, and work through then that can be very stressful for a landlord so the the main point is if there's a problem don't just offload that problem to the landlord go with a solution go with a fully costed out solution time scale and uh, and a route out of that or multiple routes with advice on which one that you would prefer to take um so instead of a hi mr landlord here's a problem it's hi mr landlord there's a problem but this is the solution this is the cost of the solution. This is the time scale of the solution. And the tenant is on board with any one of these that we can choose. And let's go forward and make this as least painful as possible. The, uh, the third one is uh, never trust a property manager in a suit. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting today in front of you with a hoodie on, uh, and white trainers, um, because at any point, you need. You might need to do something. You might need to fix something. Every single member of our team can repressurize a boiler. They can all find a leak and isolate it. And that may require you to be crawling under the kick plates of a kitchen, up into a loft, down into a basement. And it, you know, in the same day, I've been in all those three places, probably in the same property. Um, and you're not going to do that in a suit. Yeah. So you've got your staff ready to change things immediately. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's, it's you, you've got to you've got to just kind of get on and get on with it. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's definitely uh, there's the three ethoses. But um, I would say you know the, the first one is the most important. Really, yeah. you're dealing with people's homes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Well, since the merger, you've completed a full rebranding, new website, and moved to new premises. So let's focus initially on the rebranding. So what main elements does it consist of? So Winchester's was, was actually known as Winchester's Lettings to, to kind of differentiate us from the law firm uh, side of it. Uh, but after the law firm kind of, kind of slipped away, um, we found ourselves on the phone having to spell our email addresses. And when your email address is Winchester's Lettings, it's Winchester's with an S, Lettings with an S. <laughs> Yes, double T, yep, dot co, dot UK, yep, and all this kind of stuff. And we, we got speaking to um, a local branding company and, um, and they said, we were like, we want to rebrand. We want this, we want that. And they turned around to us and said, no, you don't. 
and you, your, your customers, listen to your customers. What do your customers want? You may want to rebrand and take the business in a, in a new, modern, kind of stylish way forward. But what do your customers do? What do customers call you? Oh, well, they call us Winchesters. No one really calls us Winchester's lettings. It's us pushing that. And then it's us having to deal with the long-winded explanations on the phone when we were doing that. Um, I said, and we do so much more now anyway. So they said, well, just just keep it, you know, give your customers what they want. If they're calling you Winchesters, call yourself Winchesters. Brand yourself Winchesters. Um, and, you know, we have a number of different departments within the uh, within the company. We do, we do renovations. We do... Um, looking at service departments, commercial side of stuff. And uh, we've got our own portfolio that we invest in ourselves. Um, and to differentiate those out, we, we have the, kind of the sub-branding. So you've got the main heading of Winchesters. You've got Winchesters Residential, Winchesters Commercial, Winchesters Investments, Renovations, and so on and so forth. So it gives us a chance to be able to kind of diversify, but also keep our main identity. Okay. Well, tell us about the key features of your new website. So the, the website is always new. <laughs> For, there's never a month that goes by that we're not on the uh, on the phone to the web developers. You know, I, I I love technology. Property technology is is a is is a total geek moment for me. Um, we've we've brought in things that that are only available in Australia that sat for okay. two months on a boat coming over here with me sitting here drumming my fingers, and and then I get the stuff and I go, oh, now our website needs to talk to this, and now now our management system needs to talk to this, and and. Yeah, so the website was was changed relatively recently. Um, additions on that were the, the support for virtual tours, matterporting, um, video walkthroughs, and that well, that all came actually pre just pre COVID, which was yeah. which was lucky. Um, the the ability, the most recent one is the ability for tenants to book in themselves. So we have our our diaries open for all the viewing agents. Um, and the system in the background works out travel time, multiple people viewing the same property, the time in between that, and um, and you know keeping viewing agents in one area of the town or one area of the northeast as opposed to sending them from north to south within the same day. Mm -hmm. And um, that you know that used to be one person who was route planning, and you know a very specialist job. And if someone didn't get it right, it would just mess up your the whole day for the viewing agents. Um, now that's taken out and has afforded us another viewing agent um, who used to be a route planner and is now a viewing agent and loving the fact that she's out and about and out of the office. And, um, and yeah, people can book in, cancel, rearrange notes of interest all through the website, which is, which is great. Perfect, perfect. Well, have you settled into new offices? Obviously, I'm looking at um, what's in the background here because I know where are you now located, so... You're looking like yeah, so we're we've, almost there. We've uh, we've ditched the uh, the window, the high street window, um, because the, we, we sat there and and looked at who looked in, and it was people people waiting for the bus with their <laughs> with their food carriage kind of pulling behind them and their their anoraks and you know the headscarves, like <laughs> the audience um, that were that we're looking for, and and you know advertising is not people walking down the high streets. It's not people walking down the streets looking for audience. Mm -hmm. It's people looking online. And, and, and obviously you guys are, are very much played for, for knowing that. Um, so we decided to move to um, 
to a new office. We're at 7 Albert Street uh, in Aberdeen's West End. Um, the stars aligned through lockdown. Commercial property became cheaper. Um, we could we could move. We've actually purchased this property as a as a um, kind of service departments kind of style. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, service there. Office. Offices, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have the building and we have three sets of tenants who, who are in with us. Um, but the main reason for the move was we were looking to go electric with our vehicles. Uh, we do a lot of miles in any given week, any given month. And um, previous offices weren't, you know, you'd have to trail a cable over over a side side pavement for, for the, the whole night. Uh, whereas now we've got 15, 15 parking spaces out the back with, with electric chargers and, and a fleet of electric vehicles. For the for the guys to use when they're doing the viewings, and uh, behind the screen there's a, a big hole in the wall. Um, and, you know, there's there's still bits to do in the in the building, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Soon. Great thing about Zoom, you know, having to take people in for meetings, isn't it? You can just angle everything at the top. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, make, we'll make this corner of the room look pretty. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like me, that's got something you know, of um, coming out the side of my head, the door closer behind me. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Aberdeen market. Because Citylet's um, quarter two report was recently released and its average rents climbed by a modest 1.6% year on year, driven by growth in the larger three four-bed properties. Have you noticed an increase in demand for HMO and family um, homes? Uh, short answer, Yes. Um, there's just not enough two to four bedroom houses in Aberdeen. Um, historically, the high price of land in the city uh, has led to developers having to build up to justify the cost. Um, there's a lot of flats. There's, there's an over-provision of two bedrooms, two bedroom flats in Aberdeen. It's just, it's, it's the majority of the market, I believe. Um, so, you know, the, the issue is with the high prices of houses, the yields aren't aren't attractive to investors. They, that leads to the housing stock being landlord by default, as opposed to landlord by design. Um, and, and that market is 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 relatively relatively low. Um, you just you just end up with this perfect storm where there was never really enough houses in Aberdeen. Um, COVID kickstarting people's urges to have more private green space, um, outlying properties, and uh, and and out into the into the towns um, around Aberdeen. Um, just for just for kind of perspective, properties that would struggle at five hundred and fifty pound for a two bedroom cottage pre COVID. And now leasing for between seven hundred and eight hundred pound, because the demand is just so big. Before yeah. COVID, there was one property that was on the market for four months. It came up recently. It was on the market for two days at two hundred pound more a month. Gosh. Well, so. similar to Edinburgh, smaller properties on average recorded slight negative year-on-year growth. Is this your experience? And if so, what do you think are the reasons for this? So uh, there was was something strange that happened in the last couple of months that Aberdeen has never really seen, which was a a glut of one-bedroom properties. And, and, you know, Aberdeen was one of these places where, you know, you you had loads of two bedrooms, but if you wanted a one bedroom, you know, good luck. Um, and recently, yeah, there's been there's been a lot more. There's uh, there's been a lot of activity over the last two years of investors coming in, buying up cheap property, turning it around to a good quality product. And what's happened is 
people want quality now. Now they you know, they're, they're not interested in 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 a rundown magnolia property with an eighties kitchen and and a, and a peach colored bathroom or an avocado colored bathroom. Um, so I think what's happened is we've had a lot of um, in the last few months we've had a lot of these investors putting decent properties onto the market and achieving very very good rentals. You're talking about a hundred pound above the average for a, a done up property. I say done up. It's new kitchen, new bathroom, white and grey paint throughout, and some IKEA furniture. It's we're not talking and you you end up in this position where a lot of those came to the market, the prices went up. Now we're left in this little glut where there's not many of those coming on now. Developers are working hard now trying to get everything sorted. They are coming back to the market, but you're left with a lot of four hundred pound magnolia properties. Okay. Well, the average time to let in Aberdeen for quarter two is 49 days. However, the difference between size of properties is quite significant. One bed, 50 days, and four bed, 40 days. Um, 30 days, actually, sorry. If the demand for larger properties is so much higher, are there issues with supply for these properties? Yeah, as I said, there's, there's, I mean, if you look at it, the, the time to let is 30 days. Um, the notice that people give is 28 so the property is empty for two days before someone is moving in. That is, and turning around a four bedroom property in two days is a lot of work. So you can see the, the demand and the desperation on regard of the tenants to actually get into these properties. They're putting the pressure onto the agents to turn them around as quickly as they can. And you know, it's good news for the, good news for the landlord, very little void period. Um, you know, you're not going to rack up much more than 25p standing charge on your electric on that. Um, so, so yeah, the demand the demand is high. You know, you've got to split the demand in Aberdeen for the four bedrooms to to kind of um, HMOs and student properties, and also family homes. Um, the main demand is family homes, very, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had properties come onto the market, and within 12 hours, there's 27 viewings booked in for it. And, and that is just that just shows you that that it's it's that supply isn't there. Yeah, um, it does. The HMO, the HMO uh, kind of market has always been cyclical. Um, what's driving that at the moment is there's a lot of infrastructure projects going on in Aberdeen. There's two new office, there's two new hospital buildings. There's um, there's a new harbour being built. All these things bring a lot of transient workers into the city. Um, and, you know, they're, they're here for the next year, two years. So a lot of the student properties have been taken up by people pouring concrete up at the hospital. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so the demand is, is there, and, um, but which has been good after the last year of, of students disappearing and everything like that. Well, but it's difficult not to mention the pandemic. Well, what do you feel have been the biggest challenges for letting you know, during this time? To be honest, I think I feel the team at Winchester has done a, has done a great job. We've we've got a group of very kind of active and can-do minded attitudes in the office. And you know, if you were to put these guys on furlough, they did nothing but scream and shout at you that they wanted to work. And um, so we had to 
kind of pivot a lot. There was there was a lot of conflicting kind of no one really knew at the beginning what was what was going on, what you could do, what you couldn't do. Um, but after that settled down, um, just keeping abreast of what you could do. Um, who you were needing to help, you know, providing providing housing to people in housing need. There was there was a lot kind of going on. There was a lot of unfortunate breakups during during COVID and mm-hmm. and and so on. So the the biggest challenge was keeping on our tiptoes, keeping read up to date with what we could and couldn't do, how to best protect our staff, and also listening to what the staff were were willing to do and maybe weren't weren't willing to do, um, but. You know, we kept on our toes, and and, and we've hopefully touch wood come through it, and uh, the the end is hopefully in sight. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, do you feel the government's support for landlords and tenants alike has been sufficient throughout the pandemic? <laughs> this is a this is a very it's a loaded question that, that it's quite hard to answer, to be honest. Um, you, you can't answer it with a sweeping statement. It, there's been a lot of help out there. Um, and it, with all these things, with policy, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. Um, we took a we took a, an approach right at the beginning to to educate ourselves on everything that was available to landlords and tenants. And then when those landlords and when those tenants came to us with issues or we reached out to the tenants, if you have a problem, give us a call. Here are the details to talk to Universal Credit. Here are grants, here are subsidies, down to if we've got a lot of self-employed people. So looking, you know, speaking to our accountants, working out what was there for self-employed people to help them instead of Universal Credit and grants that were there and then signposting them the way to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So our our non-payment of rents is very low because we took people by the hand and said, here we go, this is the help that's out there, go and do this, this and this, and this will this will stop any problems. Likewise, with the landlords, you've, you've got these, these kind of breaks in payments and so on and so forth and explaining to them, you know, this isn't just free, this, is come, yeah. this will come back and will increase your premiums later on, but it's going to save you in the short term. And, and that kind of collaborative approach between the landlords, the letting agents, the tenants, was was what has, has helped us. Unfortunately, there are people that have fallen through the cracks, and and being able to explain that to the landlords and to the tenants, and 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 basically foster a bit of understanding. And people were very very understanding. Landlords were very understanding. Tenants were very understanding. Um, but yes. do you have many tenants experience difficulty, financial difficulty? Sorry. Did you have many tenants that experienced financial difficulty? So, luckily, we we mail shot it out just before, just after the first um, the first thing that everyone was probably sitting down watching, um, basically saying, "We don't know what's going to happen. Um, if there are any problems, come and speak to us. Um, we are not going to evict you for something that is not your fault. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few months, but the best thing to do is talk to us." And and that garnished a lot of conversations with people who would usually just kind of go in on themselves and yeah. be embarrassed that they couldn't pay their rent or um and that's the worst thing that can happen is, is they could have later built up and- yeah definitely and and you know people were ringing up yeah i've i've lost my job that's you know it's it's gone i have no income and you're like brilliant right well not brilliant sorry <laughs> 
for it. So, uh, here's, here's, here's the link to the universal credit. They've yeah. actually sped up the thing to payment for 10 days. You know, you'll, ba- you'll be back paid up to two weeks. Um, this is what you need to do to, to kind of go down this route. And a lot of it was trying to explain to people that, you know, they were like, oh, I don't want to go on to the dole or universal credit. I've never done that before. I'm, you know, quite proud people that are putting this on themselves. And and then the very simple thing was just to talk through and say to them, well, look, you've been paying into the system for 20 years. Uh, the day when you need to take some money out. And as soon as you put it across like that, that kind of worked out. And yeah, maybe sometimes the, the rental payments or the, the housing payments were less. Um, we spoke to the landlord, we spoke to the tenant, and we, we basically sorted out kind of deferments of payments and so on and so forth. And and eventually, you know, they would they would go and get a new job. They would they would find something to be doing, or they'd be employed they'd be employed elsewhere. And then they were the first ones to be on the phone saying, "It's great, Chris. We've got I've got a new job, and it's all fine now, and I can get you paid back." And tell the landlord, "Thank you very much." And then the land you tell the landlord, and the landlord would like, "Oh, and it's only two hundred quid. Let them off with it, you know." And oh, that's good to hear. And there was a lot of that kind of going around. So good. luckily, the 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 non-payment of rents, the, the percentage is very, very low. It's it's not much higher than, than an average year, basically. Good. Good. Well, you've acquired various achievements and awards over the years. Um, would you like to share your successes with the listeners? <laughs> so uh, we, we just aim to do a good job, to be honest. Um, personally, I was, I was 22 when I started up um, my business and... I didn't do it alone. It's, you know, people call you an entrepreneur. They call you a businessman. And and, and it comes with all these random things that people think about it, uh, whether that be good or bad. But really the success that we've had is the sum total of everyone who's helped us, whether that be staff, past staff. um, I came through the Prince's Trust, um, which which gave me £250 to go and set up a website and get some business cards and, and just get off the ground. And um, Elevator in Aberdeen, is a, is they, they run the business gateway and, and they have a lot of business advisors there that you can just go up, sit and chat with. And, you know, kind of 12 years ago, uh, up until today, they're, they're still there and we still use them. It's different. It's a different capacity. It's different questions. There's always, there's, it's a different scale of things now. Before it was, there's just me. Can I afford my mortgage or my rent if I start going out and doing this by myself? Now it's, okay, we've got eight members of staff and, you know, what's the tax implications of doing this and, and how do we how do we kind of pivot and, and change and rebrand and all this kind of stuff. So, so a, a a lot of a lot of that is 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 help from the right people. Um, yeah, there's 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 a couple couple of awards in there in the past. Um, I think the main thing is just to keep on evolving and using the people around you to to help you do that, and um, not just keeping the status quo. To be honest. Okay. Um, well, let's go back to talk about your time in hospitality when working at Tiger Tiger, as you mentioned before. You know, it, it was the club, as I understand, to be seen at in Aberdeen. So you must have experienced some interesting nights, though. You know, so any any standout stories in particular that that, that can be broadcast? So, <laughs> this is a dangerous question. And just excuse me, I'm, I'm going to skirt around it a little bit. Um, you do see a lot as the only sober or one of the only sober people. Oh, yeah. A thousand people drinking. Um, 
so yes, I, I can invoke client confidentiality here maybe. Um, but working in hospitality like Gareth and myself did and a number of staff, it really sets you up for working in this industry. Um, generally in both industries, if something goes wrong, you don't have long to fix it. And you don't have long until people start getting annoyed or angry at you um, because it's impacting on them, their night, their house or, or anything in between. Um, we actively employ from the industry because of the customer-focused and hardworking mentality. Um, but if you had to twist my arm, there was one night where we ran out of red top Smirnoff vodka. And uh, as the manager on duty for the night, I took the decision to clear out all the black top vodka <laughs> that was in the, uh, in the cellar that we could never sell. Um, so there's a thousand people in the club and it, it turns out um, there's a big difference in a thousand people's tolerance for 37.5% vodka and 40% vodka. I didn't think there would be, but there is. Um, so the, the club had to shut an hour early uh, due to fights. Oh the still number of people not being able to keep their drinks down. Two hours later, there were still three police vans outside the club. Uh, and this is, this is honestly where I learned that the smallest changes can have the biggest effects. Um, so, so yeah, um, that, that was my experiment for the night, which was just using my head and thinking, oh, we can get rid of all this. I'll be fine. No, not, not never again. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Gillian Sandler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.